Dude. Sup. Sup. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dude Sup podcast. We are back, baby. me your host dan with me as always the exhausted one my father care That's to explain senior exhausted head <laughs> well it brings me back six years but a new puppy is exhausting <laughs> and it is and if you remember your own puppy oh, yeah. he's everywhere he has to be looked at every minute of the day has to be checked on taken out and to have two other dogs it's exhausting yeah uh, my puppy was almost eight years ago a puppy so it's less familiar to me than it is to you obviously well, and, I, and i had one six years ago and i have forgotten the intense work and this one as opposed to spencer wasn't nine weeks old mm-hmm. he was five weeks old and that's a whole different ball game yeah of course uh well unfortunately for for me and chelsea we got charlotte right as chelsea's summer break was starting because she was teaching at the time so and and with you being retired along the same lines it's nice to be there all day for the puppy oh 100 percent and take it out every hour you see it drink take it out i remember that kind of being a thing but uh, certainly nice when someone is there constantly for the puppy. You know, obviously we only had the first three months, but you crate train it. You let it sleep in the crate. You play with it when you get home from work and take them out and blah, blah, blah. But nice to have you there to be with the puppy. Train this one, please. Your moose is a little psycho. Yeah, that's okay. This one this one will probably learn from his brother and be equally as psycho. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, well, uh, I, I don't know who I was talking to. I've maybe said it to a few people. I think all dogs have kind of that one quirk. Like Charlotte, great dog, loves everyone, listens, doesn't snatch food out of the kid's hands. Yeah, begs a little bit, but what dog doesn't at the table? But listens and – but her one thing is when someone comes over, she gets so excited. She has to jump and try to lick your face. She has to jump. We have tried so hard to train jumping out. It can't do it. She will jump every time. I will tell you, Dan, that unless you go to a professional trainer, you never, you as a, a person can never train them not to jump. It is inherent in the dog. Well, some dogs, and not all dogs jump necessarily, but they all have something, right? Moose steals all your clothes and sweaters and and shoes and, and shoes yeah. that kind of thing you know and we'll see what thor who is the new puppy brings to the table yeah so that's a lot of fun we'll definitely post a picture of thor or maybe a short little video of thor i'm gonna get better this year because it is 2024 we're in the new year now and i'll definitely get better at posting i was so good at the beginning and it kind of slipped off with everything going on speaking of which not much going on here everyone's sick we've all been sick chelsea's been sick since the beginning of november and has had like a week break of sick kids are on and off ear infections colds fevers i finally got sick so it's it's the time of the year i guess so we're all coming back from that but other than that we're all good uh jay has 
I think we have themes. It's still a month and a half away, give or take, but we have themes for their the, the kids' birthdays for their party coming up. So that's exciting. Jay has officially picked Pokemon as his theme. And, of course, the little girl picked Bluey. Of course. So that'll be fun. So we'll have that to look forward to in a few months. But for now, let's get into our podcast and getting right back into it with Dad's Life Rules. This is a great one. This this was a life rule, obviously, but it started when I was a kid. And we talked about Forest Hills. We talked about there were no malls per se, but I can remember vividly. There was a department store called, called May's Department Store. And mom would go there and right outside the front door, there was a guy in a cart, like you see in New York City, with pretzels on a grill, heated up. And every time we went there, mom would get me a pretzel. So that as we we grew up and as you guys got there and as there was malls, it became a rule. If you went to the mall, you had to buy a pretzel. You had to. Now, yeah, you could get the nuggets instead of a pretzel, but when I was growing up, there was no such thing as nuggets, and there was no such thing as cinnamon or pepperoni or pizza dogs or any of that. It was a pretzel. Well, and, and as, as the parentheses of this rule say, preferably Annie Ann's pretzels. Yes, and, and you know, there are pretzels and there are pretzels. Um, regardless of Auntie Ann's or not, you have to get a pretzel. Uh, if you can get Auntie Anne's, you do. And there's Wenzel's pretzels also, and they're they're decent. Pretzel time, and there's a bunch of But they're not Auntie Anne's, and you should get one. And I have drilled that into Andrea, who will <laughs> tend to go to the mall by herself. And when she goes, invariably, I've got a pretzel, or I've got nuggets, or I've got cinnamon nuggets and regular nuggets. It's just nice it's just one of those rules that don't mean shit but it's just nice and she comes back with this pretzel and or we go and i see it it it's just yeah it's a nice little treat too to walk around the mall with because it's not hard to eat it's not like ice cream it's gonna melt or anything or you don't have to sit down and eat it or really worry about making a mess it's a pretzel it's you know you can just take bites off it you can rip pieces off of it when we went, we all thought, you know, when we came to visit you guys, which was the first time we went to the mall and God knows how long, because we don't go to malls anymore. Everything's shopping online. So this rule, I think, ultimately will become obsolete at some point in the future because there won't be malls anymore. So you can't go to a mall to get a pretzel because you're shopping online. Well, I got to go to Annie Ann's and buy a, b- a bunch of pretzels online from Amazon when I'm shopping online? Well, and if, I, if I'm not wrong, Dan, when we were in Target shopping, they were frozen. In, in the frozen section, there were Auntie Anne pretzels. I have seen that. Yeah, I don't think it's everywhere quite yet, but I have seen that. You're right. There are. I'd like and, to try and find that. Was that when you were here? Were we at a Target here when you came to visit last year? Huh? And yep. that's when we saw it? Hmm. Yep. I don't know that I've seen it since. Yep. to be honest with you but so that's life rule 28 when you go to a mall you must buy a pretzel 
parentheses, preferably any ands. Agreed. hundred percent. It's a great rule. It's no stress. It's no heavy duty. This is one of the light ones, but it's, it's the better one. Well, and it's great for kids, right? Cause it's not exactly healthy per se, cause they slab it with butter and salt yeah, but, and all that. But, but, but how it, often do you go to the mall? So it's a treat. Well, and it, and it, beats the alternative of walking into that giant candy store that we did and seeing a six foot long giant three what, three inch diameter gummy worm yeah. that you could almost cut up like a sub. Yep. Beats the I alternative. Know. Get them a press. It's better. That's right. Auntie Anne. Buy it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, then that leads us into our Daily Dan Top 5 list. This is going to be a fun one. This is the Daily Dan Top 5 brought to you by Papa Schmear's Bagels, a top five bagel for a top five breakfast. Come check us out at papashmearsbagels.com or on Instagram at papashmearsbagels. I'm going to kick off the new year with one of our nearest and dearest and favorite subjects to talk about, the Yankees. There's a lot we can go with with the Yankees, and I've tried to stay away from it a lot because... We could do it every day. I could have a different Yankee top five every day. I could do, we could talk Yankees all day, every day. So I haven't done a lot of Yankees lately. Wanted to kick off the new year with one. So we are going to do the top five greatest Yankees of my lifetime. Lifetime being 1990 to present. Is this your favorites or what you think are the greatest? No, I think... It's not favorite because favorite would be a different thing. We can certainly debate this. I'm happy to do so. I think these are the greatest Yankees since 1990. And to be fair, it's not necessarily that a great player played for the Yankees. And for example, I mean Ichiro. Ichiro is one of the greatest all time. Has a bajillion hits, a fantastic outfielder, easily one of the greatest players of all time. He's not, he played two years for the Yankees. It, it doesn't count. He's not going to be on this list because he's I a great understand. player. He's got to be a great Yankee. I understand. So top five greatest Yankees of my lifetime. All right. There are three that, that jump and then we can talk. I had two that were absolutes when I was talking to Josh about this and he said, yes. And the other three could be debatable. Okay. Mariano Rivera is number one. He is the greatest Yankee. He's probably one of the greatest top 10 Yankees of all time. So he's on the list. I would even say top five Yankees of all time. And I also have Rivera at number one. I can't argue with it. The number two person, Josh and I were going back and forth. He would have this number two person as number one and have Rivera too. It's hard to make the argument, especially my lifetime of... Are they one or two? They're they're one A one B in my well, book. You really. say Derek but, Jeter, right? And that's Derek Jeter, and he's number two, of course. So okay. I, they're one A one B, right? You have the captain, you have the greatest closer of all time. I totally agree. No, I totally Without agree. So, now we get into some fuzz, but but what jumped out at me as a as a given for number three is Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez has to be on this list as well, not just because he's one of the greatest players of all time as well, but what he did for the Yankees. You know, the the one thing that was always said about him as a Yankee was that he never delivered in the playoffs 
with the exception of 2009. But guess what? He delivered in 2009 and gave us a World Series. And he was a great player and he was a great personality. Well, um, and on top of that, to a, he, right, moved to third base, you know, not really the same position at all as shortstop, but willing to do that because obviously we had Derek Jeter. And he, he won two MVPs with with us and, and was an all-star pretty much every year. Won a silver slugger or two, I'm sure. Gold glove. So, absolutely, A-Rod. I have him at number four. And I think you'll love who I have at number three. Because well, I, I, I dug into this a little bit, looked at some stats. So did I. Um, if you're saying I'm going to love it, and he's not my number three, he's probably my number four, is Bernie Williams. Bernie Williams, who... I didn't realize played until 2006. He played from 91 to 2006 with the Yankees. I didn't realize he played that long. Bernie. I remember him on the 01 when we lost the World Series in 01. I don't even remember him for the 03 when we lost in 03. Bernie played a long time and was just great. Just great. Played 16 years with the all with the Yankees and was just a solid player constantly center field batted career 300 it was 297 i think but 300 could hit home runs could run the base as well was like center one field. Of those veteran leaders in in those championship series and se- seasons from the late 90s so i i compared a rod to bernie and I think, the, I think the thing that set me off with giving Bernie the edge is just the lifelong, how long he played. He played almost every game, every year. And so I tipped the edge to Bernie at number three and A-Rod at four. I have no problem with that. Um, I will say number five could, is, is a 12-way tie between – yeah, it's tough to pick a fifth. Well um, – in my mind, I will say Aaron Judge. Shaka. Considered. I don't think I have him top five yet. I think by the end of his career, he will, of course, be on this list. He's only played eight years for us, and he's done some amazing things. He's Give played eight chance. years for us, Dan. He has. But look at how many years everyone else on this list has played for us. I bet, but yours doesn't make them the greatest. No, it doesn't. But I, I it, he, he was considered. I, I don't think I can put him at five yet. I think Jameson will hate me for that, but sorry. Okay. I, I, I know he's not on the list. Uh, Garrett, Garrett Cole did come to mind. But he's Same not on the list. He's not on the list. He's in top 10, maybe. Of my okay. lifetime, probably. All right. Uh, Andy Pettit. Shaka. Also considered. I don't think I can put Pettit there. He's probably six. He, again, core four and came up. He left the Yankees for a couple of years to pitch for Houston and came back. Big part of our championships. Probably greatest postseason pitcher uh, the Yankees have ever had. I think he has the most wins and strikeouts and stuff postseason wise. But I think he's six. I'm thinking, but you've you've kind of sort of hit my ceiling. 
you know, there are other things. I could say Paul O'Neill, but I don't think he played enough for us. He was great, but he didn't play enough for us. But then there's David Cohn, maybe. There's Jimmy Keyes, maybe. You know, we're talking about the 12 that are considered for the fifth spot. Mm-hmm. And these are the players that are. Agreed. But, but uh, so far, you're not hitting number five for me. But number number five doesn't jump out at me. Well, he should. He's the fourth of the core four. You're talking. You're not talking Jose Posada. Why not? Look at his stats. As a catcher, no less, playing twenty plus years. Okay. Well, look. I have him at number five because okay. of his stats. I don't think the. I mean, longevity is a big deal for a catcher. The fact that he could do it for 20 years, switch hitting was one of the, I think you have to put him in the top, one of the top catchers of all time in my lifetime. Okay. Not of all time, but my lifetime. I think he was always that consistent player on the team. He wasn't going anywhere. Look, other people I considered CeCe Sabathia, Hideki Matsui. No. Why not? I said so. <laughs> Jesus. Um, who else was there? There, you know, you could look at Robinson Cano, Alfonso Soriano. They're, they're Ru- not going to be top five, but Rudolph. I mean, it Ru- is, technically, Don Mattingly played in my lifetime for the Yankees. Yeah, but but for what a year or two? Uh, I don't. When did he join the Yankees? I know he played until '95, and he, that was. I think 95 was his last year as a Yankee, and then he retired. If he played in your lifetime, then I have him on the list. No question. Well, then that sparks another part of the debate is he only played X amount of years in my lifetime compared but, to but he how played many years he was with the all Yankees. the years for the Yankees. I didn't, I didn't see that he had played in the 90s. If that's the I case, Don Mattingly, case closed. <laughs> I have his jersey. That's the end of it. Well, I know you did, but let's let's look it up real quick. Um, Matt, but there, like I said, there are other players. Could you consider Tanaka? No. Really? Not Never for the fifth, but may, maybe if we expand it to ten. Never crossed my mind. Really? Yeah. Okay, so Mattingly played eighty-two to ninety-five and retired at the age of thirty-four. Real young. Then Don Mattingly is on the list. Fair enough. I can see how that would be a consideration for you. So that makes sense. So that was my list. I, I took Posada over Pettit. That, like I said, there's so many players. I think it's tough to narrow that one down to five. I think we have at least the right four. And we can debate five all we want. So five yeah, was. No, it works. People are five different. Five was Posada, four A-Rod. Three, Bernie Williams, two, Derek Jeter, and number one, Mariano Rivera. That was the Daily Dan Top 5 list brought to you by Papa Schmear's Bagels, a top five bagel for a top five breakfast. Come check us out at papashmearsbagels.com or on Instagram at papashmearsbagels. Hey, Grandpa. Hey, Grandpa. Hey, Grandpa. Hey, Grandpa. That's me. And you have to get the little girl saying it now, too. We'll work on it. No, she will. She's she's talking now. I, I, not on command.
I don't think she'll say it on command yet, but if we can somehow record her saying it while we talk to you one time, I will definitely try my best to do that. Okay. When, when we left off at 1973, what I failed to mention, and by the just as an aside, because I'm thinking about it, listening to the podcasts as I have, I talk like an old man and I talk very slow and I don't want to do that. So I'm talking a little faster now, uh, not necessarily to get the podcast done faster, but because I don't want to sound like an old man. So if I talk a little bit faster, you'll understand why. <laughs> well, now, the, I, I think the funniest part of that is how much I edit out the slow, you know, the pauses and the old manness of the way. Oh, really? Okay. And, and it's well, funny because Chelsea brings it up all the time. And apparently I'm slowly starting to turn that way, but who she really noticed it with the most. And I know you've noticed it too, is uncle Johnny. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very slow. Oh, and yeah. You're not, you're not quite to his level, but you are certainly getting there. I don't want to be so. And, and um, Chelsea has mentioned that on occasion, I slip into that as well. So, okay. Anyway, um, what I didn't mention, because we talked about it at 1971, when we were talking about salaries and money that I was making and all of that, um, if you remember in April of 90, of 73, I went to Waterbury and I was the dress manager. Mm -hmm. um, going there, I made $9,400 a year. Nice. Okay. And that, that leads into... Um, we're now at 1974, and as I mentioned, um, early on in the year, it was March 1st, as a matter of fact, I became the buyer of Young Junior Sportswear back in back in the main store. Uh, as I had mentioned, it's, it's, uh, it's on par with my dress background because it's ready to wear. And if you know anything about ready to wear, you can go to dresses or you can go to coats or you can go to young sportswear and do the job. Ready to wear as opposed to like fabrics and patterns and stuff? Or... Yes, as, and, and uh, housewares and, and furniture okay. and those types of things. Um, so I go back to G Fox as a buyer of junior sportswear for $11,800 a year, climbing getting a, a nice raise. Climbing the money. And um, also, if you remember, I had separated from Marlene and got an apartment at 32 Vernon Street in Hartford, in Hartford itself, a block away from Trinity College in my one bedroom. So that's where I was. And I was the buyer in March. But then something happened in June. Ronnie Rancourt, the buyer of fabrics, my mentor, left to go to Detroit. I think it was Detroit. Could have been California to one of the other May Company stores, like Hudson's in, in uh, I think it was Hudson's in Detroit, to take a much bigger job. And they come to me and they say, Pete, we ain't got nobody and you know fabrics. And I said to them, no. What? No. I said, no. And they said, uh, Pete, we're not really asking. <laughs> 
And so on June 5th, only being a buyer for three months, I now moved to one of the largest sales areas in the G Fox company, which was fashion fabrics, notions, and patterns. It, it was a huge back then moneymaker. Yeah. So I became the buyer of fabrics way, way against my, my will. And they did give me a raise and I went from 11.8 to 14, which was nice, but I was not the buyer of fabrics. Now look, I knew fabrics. I knew it. I was with Ronnie Rancourt a year and a half. I knew the business and Ronnie was great in teaching me. So it wasn't a question of whether or not I could do it or not, but did I want to? And the answer was no and yes. So this is that all was, in 74. Yes. So, so I worked out the rest of 74 as the buyer of fashion fabrics. So uh, as, as an aside, you, you said 14,000. Yes. $14,000 in 1974 is the equivalent of basically $90,000 in 2023 dollars. Oh, really? That's Interesting. what my phone is telling me right now. Yeah, with your phone. It's an apple. <laughs> um, the, looking at, at my list of things I did in 1974, only two come to mind that I will mention. Um, in June, and I think it's June 18th, I went to the pet store and I got myself a parakeet. Goomba. Goomba. Ah. And why, why Goomba? Because I had a friend named, uh, <laughs> come on. I'm trying to think of his name, Bob Lockman, Bob Lockman. And he always called me Goomba. Hey, hey, Goomba. He was a, a buyer with me. Hey, Goomba. And he's from New York. Hey, Goomba. So we named the bird Goomba, a friend in, in Italian, a great bird. And once, you know, after a month or two, the cage was always open. He was always out. He was very friendly. Um, he was a great bird. So got that bird in 1974. The other thing, to mention is that since college, although I don't remember doing it with Marlene, uh, I was a smoker. Um, probably in senior year of, of college, I started. And at this point in time, I'm smoking two or three packs a day Jesus. of cigarettes. And they were Carlton cigarettes, which were low tar. Not that it helped my mother who died of cancer, but... Um, I was a smoker. So that was 1974 and I'm only going to go to 1975. Um, so I don't bore everybody too bad. Thank you. Um, 1975 comes and I'm still the fabric buyer. I get a raise. I'm now making $14,500. They gave me a $500 raise. Great. Um, well, again, equivalent, that's like a, $5,000 raise, man. Man, maybe so. But back then, I wasn't counting yeah. on it that way. Um, I moved in March. I moved from my shitty downtown one-bedroom apartment to Brookwood Village in Rocky Hill, Connecticut, 
which was a very nice complex, similar to the townhouse complexes that you see now, modern, with a pool, uh, only these were apartments. And it was very nice and very new, and I really liked it. And was there only six months because the boss I had was a ready-to-wear boss called Carol Najak. And Carol Najak didn't know shit about fabrics. <laughs> and Carol Najak tried to force me into her philosophies of setting up my fashion fabrics department like a ready-to-wear department. And you just didn't do that. She didn't know shit. And she really didn't know what was happening, getting me really pissed and not making the job fun. Um, her successor, a guy named Ron Abreu, was no better. He was a, a hard goods guy, didn't know fabrics, also wanted me to do things his way that were the wrong way. And so in September, on a buying trip, I went to see an old friend from G Fox, who was now a um, a high level merchandise manager for Bloomingdale's. Stopped in to say hello. He said, "How you doing? Are you happy? What's going on?" And I told him, and he said, "I'll get you a job at Bloomingdale's." Nice. And I said, "Okay," and I interviewed. And the, the only problem was, and this is sep September, I gave my notice and G Fox and company flipped out. <laughs> and, and I, you know, again, there'll be a lot of ego involved here when I talk and I talk about my life because I think I was pretty damn good. Sure. I was a real good fabric buyer, but I had to get out and I was not going to Bloomingdale's as a fabric buyer. But as a regression, they made me a department manager in Mrs. Dresses, which is not junior dresses, Mrs. Dresses. Right, right. And made me the department manager of Mrs. Dresses in Garden City, Long Island, New York. Long at, Island. At a cut in salary of twelve five. That's not bad. It was a cut in salary, dude. Yeah, but... So the bottom line with this was that I loved Bloomingdale's. I loved my department. You know, uh, I talked about the girls loving me in the department in, in Waterbury. Mm -hmm. Same thing here. I had these girls and they loved me. And I did a pretty good job. But there was a problem. Keeping in mind that I was once a buyer. Right. I'm now coming to Bloomingdale's, which is very political. And there are lots of assistant buyers. I, I had five departments, so there I was dealing with seven assistant buyers. And they all resented me because I took a job that they should have had. They oh. were all good. But I was the outsider coming in sure, and took sure. their jobs. So I never got support. 
and they'd talk to the buyers and they would badmouth me to the buyers. And the buyers never gave me a chance. So that getting into 1986, just real briefly, in August. That's a big jump, 86. I'm sorry, 76. Thank you. Thank you. So for 11 months, I was at Bloomingdale's hating life because I was being treated like shit. And on July 31st, I think, I was fired, which will be another story. But I was fired because I, they, they just were against me. Sure. But I enjoyed it. It was a traveling, you know, you had to travel out there and it was no fun. But I really liked Bloomingdale's. Um, I could have enjoyed a career there, but I ran up against politics that I just could not fight. Yeah, and I, I, I loved my girls. Um, they all literally cried when I told them I was leaving. But I was leaving. And oh, by the way, when I was in New York to take this job, I went back to the old apartment in Forest Hills and lived with my father because mom was in Florida. Mom had just moved to Florida to live with Aunt Harriet before they bought their own condo the next year. Okay. Actually, no, actually, yeah, mom moved to Florida in October, which set the stage for me to be there. And dad took the small bedroom, I took the big bedroom, and mom was in Florida at the time. So I was living back in the old apartment that I grew up in, in Forest Hills. Uh, it's kind of sort of what 74 and 75 were. Um, there was dating. Um, another one of the loves of my life was one of the sales night sales girls in Bloomingdale's, Patricia. Um, we dated, you know, I screwed around with everybody. I'm telling you, I was a slut back then. But Patricia was special. I was in love with her. Um, she was 20. I was 28, 27, 27. But, you know, it was my life. And, you know, I can't say I was perfect. You're an so animal. That was it. That's what you are. You're just an 74 animal. 74 and 75, leaving it. I'm in Bloomingdale's, I'm in Forest Hills, Goomba came with me, and there I was. The Animal. end. Animal. Thank you. All right. Well, then, let's get into our topic of the week. And this one's going to be interesting. It's going to be a little more serious than we typically would do. It's going to be a very interesting, I hope, conversation, but it okay so everyone should by now know i would hope that i'm a huge harry potter fan have been since the books were released in the 90s movies etc you know my wife absolutely loves them it's what we talk about half the time it's pretty much our one shared interest so with harry potter you know during the holiday season they play it constantly on tv we watched it a million times uh during our break uh while you and I were off, you know, it's holidays. We watched it tons. And it got me thinking because we 
I think we've, maybe I was just talking to you about it, but I've been talking about biggest fears. And I think for me, one of, you know, my irrational biggest fear is death. All of us. Yeah, but, you know, I, I think everyone kind of worries about it in the back of their mind. You know, Chelsea's biggest irrational fear is spiders. I think people have normal if that's how you can put it, normal, irrational fears. I think that's kind of oxymoronic, but I don't have one really other than death. So, and, and, you know, it it can go into religion and what happens after it can go into any other things, but taking it back to Harry Potter for a second, one of the options magical people have when they die is to not go on whatever that could potentially mean for anyone and everyone and can turn themselves or become a ghost. So I will pose the question to you and we can talk time frame. We can talk whatever. If, and when you die, would you, if you could turn into a ghost now, okay. being a ghost, real, I'm going to preface it real quickly, Dan. Okay. Um, I was about 10 years old. And I was on a hike at Camp Nokomis. And one of the older kids was talking to us and he said, uh, I should tell you something that you're not going to like. And we all said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us, tell us. And he looked at this 10 year old group of kids and he said, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And you're know, 10 years old. You don't think about it. Right. And, and at that point, no one in my life, other than grandparents I didn't know, um, had died. So what do I know about? You're going to die, he says. And I remember also at, at college graduation, sitting with my father, talking about death. Yeah. Because no one had died. I wasn't that familiar with it. But it scared the hell out of me. So your your take there is is, is well documented. Um, it's a, one of my fears too. And of course, now that I'm a hundred years old, it, mm-hmm. it hits home a little bit more and you think about it more, but it's still an irrational fear right. um, because it's there. Now to get to the point and to the topic. Well, and, and so with obviously with being a ghost in this particular topic and, and scenario, you're around forever, forever. You can't, one day decide i don't want to be a ghost anymore no but are you you decide you're a ghost you are a ghost and that's fine are you are you a ghost uh like the ghosts there where you can talk and you can be seen and yes okay yeah Um, it's not it's not like a i almost want to say real life ghost you know chelsea and i want to one of our silly uh what's the word uh guilty pleasures is watching a show called ghost adventures and it's this group of guys who go to haunted places and try to record paranormal activity. Yep. No, I'm talking, you are a ghost from Harry Potter. You can talk to people, you can interact with them. You obviously can't touch them, whatever, but you can talk and interact with them. Okay. This one's an easy one. And I'll tell you why, because in my old age, I have convinced myself maybe that there's nowhere you go when you die. 
I don't believe in heaven. I don't believe in hell. I don't believe that when you die, you're going to go someplace and all the dogs you ever had are going to come greet you. I don't believe on rainbow bridges. I don't believe that I'm going to die, go to heaven and see my mom and my dad and people who have died and there's a whole new life. And I, I don't believe in heaven. With that said, of course, I'd want to be a ghost. Of course, I'd like to interact with my children. I would like to see my grandchildren grow up and their children grow up. And if it's in perpetuity, yes, there's, there's no question about it. None. In my mind, the answer to this question is no debate. It is yes. Okay. I want to be okay. a ghost. And that's my initial thought too. And I have, I have a couple different viewpoints that, I, uh, that I'll mention. But to go with what you're saying for right now, what happens, you're a ghost forever. What happens when I die and, and Josh die and we don't become ghosts? And then Jameson well, and his kids die and, and they're not ghosts now. And, and now you no, know no one on the planet. But that, that yeah, but, but, okay. But the point is that, and, and you said it, and that's the real negative. Mm-hmm. It's to see your kids die. Right. That, and, and as a father, that's the worst thing in the world. To lose a child right. when you're living is, is horrendous. But to, to you know, it, you, does it outweigh seeing you grow, seeing your family grow, seeing you get older? Um, does that, but then you're going to die and I'm going to see that happen? Uh, well, but, and then, and then what happens? the alternative, Dan. What happens in the year 3,500, 1,500 years from now, when you know no one and there's no, what are you doing as a ghost? What are you doing? You're going into beautiful women's houses and watching them naked. Oh, Jesus Christ. Such a pervert. You know, so, you're going to a ball game and trying to to harass the other team. Right. Just mess with people. I mean, that's all you can really do, right? Just mess with people. But but you hope that the children have children have children. So I'm watching generations of Shaws, if you will. If at least from a distance, if not being a part. Hey, this is grandpa ghost he's he grandpa you know ghost shaw he's around forever it is and he he can't do anything he can't change things he can't make things move right but he can watch and he can possibly talk to them but can you talk to everybody dan or just certain people no everybody then yeah count me now i don't i don't honestly i don't know if there's a place stipulation within the Harry Potter world necessarily, you know, we could maybe say, all right, you gotta, you have to stick with a family member, let's say, and wherever that person is living and that you get past person to person and wherever that person's living, you have to go with them and you're confined to their space. Maybe. I don't, I I mean. And, and that, you know, that kind of makes sense into my line of thinking where I have always said, um, I wonder, you know, we talk about guardian angels. Uh-huh. And and okay, my obviously my mother or my father can't be my guardian angel because they were alive when I was born and I would have to think that when you're born, you get a guardian angel. So it had to be somebody who died that you never knew. My right. 
my uncle Philip or or a grandfather that I never knew, and and they're watching over me, right. and and you know, the the car that's about to hit me swerves because Uncle Philip right. made that happen. I I, well, I don't well, know. So, well, to go along with that, so when we were living in our house in Georgia. I would have to take work trips at least once a month and because I was an inventory accountant, we'd go out and count warehouses and stuff. And Chelsea always remembers hearing some sort of footsteps or noises coming from upstairs when she was downstairs with Jameson. Yeah, squirrels. Schmuck. Squirrels. Chelsea, you're an idiot. But there was, she, she always had a sense that there was something, not evil, not angry, something. And and to her, the feeling that she got, the first name that popped into her head was her grandpa, Gene, um, watching over be- Jameson. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to meet him. He died, I think, a year or two before I got to, um, got into the family. But, but she had that feeling that he was watching over her and him so Jameson's maybe guardian angel, keeping them safe while I was gone on a work trip. Yeah, I look. It it's it doesn't hurt to believe it, and it's the same thing with heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't hurt to believe that there's a heaven. Right. Um, you know, if you believe it and there isn't, oh well. But if you believe it and there is, yeah. Right. Um, I. I don't know. I. I it's funny in the house. Andre and I are sitting here and the TV is off and an hour later from turning it off, the TV pops on again. And the first thing we look at each other and she, she thinks it's her father. And I think it's my mother, mm-hmm. um, I, ma, yeah. what are you doing? You turn right. it and, and things like that happen that, that make you want to, uh, I, I'm I'm not sure I buy any of that, but but that's not the the point of this conversation. Is would you want to be a ghost right. or take the alternative or deal with the bullshit that comes with being a ghost? Right. Give me ghost. Right. Do you, do you really want to see if there is a beyond and what that means? And you know, if you pass on, maybe you do get to see all the dogs are there to greet you and you get to see your mom again and you get to well, see your family. At and... that point, if you're there, are you able from there to look down and not communicate, but to see what's going on down there? Right. Not communicate, but maybe watch and see how they're living their lives. And you know, that could be a, a, a positive and negative too, right? You know, what if they're getting into trouble or they're doing something and you can't do anything about it? Well, and that's true. And yet, you know that when Dan dies, he's coming up and he's going to be with me. Right. Well, but you don't know that right now. Once you get there, you you go, okay, whatever happens. But if you have to pick while you're alive. Unless this one goes to hell. (laughs) But but that's what we're talking about now is you have to pick while you're alive. Right. So you don't know if there's a hereafter. Right. You're either, it's the alternative or you're a ghost. Well, Whatever and my, the alternative is, I'm taking ghost. Well, and my, my initial thought was, if it happened now, if it happened in a year, if it happened in five years, I'm being a ghost so that I can still, quote unquote, raise my children. 
and be here and have them, you know, let me be a sounding board to them and talk to me and make sure they're okay. And that kind of thing, you know, being my age where I am now, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I've watched Jameson grow up. I've watched Ashlyn grow up. I've met my grandchildren. If I'm fortunate enough to have and do that, have I, do, do I need to meet my grandkids' kids? Do I, do I need to know what they do in their life and be around for that? Do I, or, or am I willing to say, look, I've lived a good life. I don't need to be here. I don't need to see what happens in the year 2,500, which is my kind of thing now is like, you know, you think about all the people who have died and now they're just like, they're just not here. Like, I don't, like, I I don't know. It seems a weird concept that if there isn't a beyond that, they're just gone in perpetuity forever. Nothing like you're, are they reincarnate? Like I, if I knew there was even a reincarnation thing where I could come back as a different person, maybe that changes everything. Okay. But you, but you don't, because you can't remember that you were another person before you were Dan Shore. But if I knew, if I knew right now that when I die, I will become a different person, not, not remembering my, my previous life or whatever, but that I would live on. I think I'll take that over being a ghost and just continue to see the world developing grow. You can't, it's, it's again, Dan, it's the what if versus the known, right? You're either a ghost or you gamble that you're either reincarnated, you're up in heaven or you're fucking ashes or in the ground and you have no brain and you're just gone. Right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I would That's take those well, two. Who brought this topic up? It's it's kind of fun to talk about. Thank God, it's and, interesting to talk about. I'm not well, sure okay. it's fun. Fair enough. Interesting. But, it's thought provoking. So, so you know, what's the answer, Dan? I want to be a ghost. What about you? I, I think I would too. Uh, I think ultimately, my fear and my FOMO, fear of missing out, takes takes the bait. I want to know what happens 500 years from now, whether it had relates to my family or not. I want to see where the world is at that point. Um, I want to see, you know, what happens with my family and Jameson well, Dan, and, Ashley and their wrong? kids. And Am I wrong or in, in Harry Potter, don't the ghosts talk to one another? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Ghosts can so talk to become, each other. So you, you and I can a ghost. Uh, you know, I'm a ghost. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that probably makes a difference too. If you say, no, I'm moving on and I'm just the shitty old man ghost that's chilling and why? Well, look, I'm gonna say, why is Grandpa for... still chilling around as a ghost? Well, I, I don't Dan, know. I'm going to tell you two things. Number one, no one's ever come back. Right. And by saying that, I mean, of all the people in the world, mom if she could, would come back and let me know that that she's a spirit or that she somehow would let me know she's never come back. No one's ever come back. That's number one. Number two is there's nothing out there. You're dead. <laughs> no, 
you know, so for what are you going to do? You're going to have my ashes on your mantle place. Really? Yeah. You're going to go to Yankee Stadium and spread my ashes? Really? No. And, you know, that's the... We're no, get you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take little tablespoons of your ashes. I'm going to mix them in people's food and they're going to eat you. Good. They're not going to even know it. Mm, this is a weird spice. What is this, Grandpa? Yeah, my dad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and on that and, note, have a good night, Dan. Yeah, right. Have a good night, everyone. Don't have we'll tonight. <laughs> no, but I think I think ghost. I uh, but I think the flip side to being a ghost. I think most people who are not very religious, I think, would choose ghost. But I think people who are religious and i think white people out there believe in and a hereafter then don't correct which is why i think most people would choose not to be a ghost and to to move on to whatever that is whether it's reincarnation whether it's heaven whether it's seeing your family again whether it's seeing all the dogs you've ever owned whether it's whatever you believe you could get into the religious aspect of it but i think ultimately i would choose ghost i think I'm team ghost. Me too. Ghost. Fair enough. This was a a fun intro back into the podcast for 2024. We got a lot more coming at you guys. We'll be podcasting all year. I'm sure we'll take little breaks here and there, but ultimately we're going to keep plugging along. I have no idea what episode this is. 24, 25, 23, something like that. Something like that. I I named our (laughs) our recording episode 20 something because I honestly couldn't remember, but a uh, lot more coming your guys' way. We'll we'll keep the random topics coming. We'll keep hearing about Grandpa. I got we got a couple good Hey Grandpas I think coming that will kind of stray from the the timeline that is Dad's life and say Hey Grandpa, tell me about this or that. Um, so we'll we'll get that going. Uh, lots more top fives. Maybe we'll let you do a top five at some point. And yeah, give us a shout, email, Instagram, audio message. Let us know your thoughts. Hopefully we'll have some more special guests this year. So lots to come, lots, lots going on, and we'll keep plugging along. Hey, Dan. Sir. I'll see you when I see you. Latest Gators.